The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, meet Kathy Martinez and learn about the Office of Disability Employment Policy. Welcome to ACB Reports for March 2011. The Office of Disability Employment Policy is part of the U.S. Department of Labor. Kathy Martinez, Assistant Secretary of Labor for Disability Employment, addressed the annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind in Phoenix, Arizona in July of last year. She was introduced by ACB First Vice President Kim Charlson. We've waited a long time in the blindness community to have such a great advocate in a position in Washington, D.C., who knows what it's all about for blind and visually impaired people to find and keep and get employment. The Office of Disability Employment Policy is where this lady works, Kathy Martinez, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what her office does for people with disabilities, and I hope you'll give a warm welcome to Kathy Martinez, Assistant Secretary, Office of Disability Employment Policy, U.S. Department of Labor, Washington, D.C. Thank you, Kathy. I'm very proud to represent the U.S. Department of Labor, and it's an honor to be part of an administration that sees disability as a part of the diversity agenda and really values our voice at the table. I work for a wonderful person, and I'm not saying that because, because she's my boss, but for those of you who have, have met Secretary of Labor Hilda Solis, you will know that she is a woman of the people, and she is truly got our issues, she has our back, and when she says good jobs for everybody, she means everybody, including those of us with disabilities. We're walking the walk of the Department of Labor. When I got there, ODEP was somewhat marginalized, the staff was relatively disheartened, and most of the department did not know what ODEP did. Now, we are included as a viable part of the entire Department of Labor, my colleagues, the other assistant secretaries, have met with me at least on a quarterly basis to talk about two things. One, employing more people with disabilities in the department, not just at ODEP, but in their departments as well. And two, they've been very adamant that their programs need to be made more accessible to folks with disabilities, including those of us with visual impairments. So. I can say we are no longer on the special shelf, ladies and gentlemen, but really a part of the department, and it feels wonderful. I've met with your staff, Melanie and Eric, a few months ago to talk about the possible collaboration that ODEP can have with ACB. And we're still not doing enough together, in my opinion, there's still a lot we could be doing, and a lot of it has to do with improving accessibility of technology in the government. We at Labor realize that we have to set an example for the rest of the government and um, really try to make our processes as accessible as possible. And we have a long way to go. There's no question about that. 
But I can very proudly say that we are in the process of establishing a centralized accommodation fund, which means that if you hire a person with a disability, you don't have to take the money for any accommodations they may need out of your budget, but it comes out of a pooled budget. So we're very proud of that. I want to talk about some of the activities that ODIP is currently doing. As you know, Section 503 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 requires that federal government contractors and subcontractors take, quote, affirmative action steps to employ and advance in employment qualified individuals with disabilities. The Office of Federal Contract Compliance Program, which is a, a sister office of ODEPs in the Department of Labor, has or will be issuing an advance notice of proposed rulemaking to solicit comments to enhance the affirmative action provisions in the Rehabilitation Act. Did you know that federal contractors employ 22% of the American workforce? I didn't know that either. And it's kind of amazing. We would like disability to be on the par with race and gender in the affirmative action area. We have too long endured the discrimination of promises, affirmation, lots of platitudes, and really ODEP is about outcomes. So in conjunction with OFCCP, and I have to say we have a wonderful ally in Pat Shu, who's the director of that program, we will be putting out this advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. And in it, there are a number of questions that we would like for groups to respond to. In particular, I would recommend that you focus on the questions around information and communication technology. Because we have to get contractors to understand that the, you know, everything is being automated, including applications online. And many of those processes are inaccessible for us. This is a real critical rule that we need you to respond to. Please don't forget about it. You'll hear when it comes out, um, we're doing this um, to, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and we feel like, you know, at labor we wanted to have some kind of a deliverable for the public. So, you know, we just don't want to say, hi, it's been 20 years, we have work to do. But we want to say, hi, it's been 20 years, we have work to do, and this is how we're trying to make change. Um, we feel like if we have the appropriate data, if we have uh, examples of good affirmative action models, we can get disability on the par of race and gender, which will completely change the entire workplace of America should that happen. Another initiative we're working on that we would like to invite you to participate in is called Add Us In. This is an initiative that I dreamed up with the secretary. And the goal of Add Us In is to improve the capacity of minority-owned businesses to recruit, hire, retain, and promote folks with disabilities. A large number of small businesses are launched by minorities. And what we mean by minorities are disadvantaged, 
groups, including women, gay and lesbian, African-American, Latino, and whatever other ethnicities that have minority business status. Because they are small, mostly under 15 employees, they are often given counsel that they don't have to abide by Title I of the ADA because they employ 15 folks or less. ODEP's goal is to increase awareness, capacity, and just their overall ability to become inclusive workplaces and intentionally hire people with disabilities as a valued part of their workforce. Um, the grant will address intersection between disability and culture by providing information about disability both in a cultural context and in the business context. I think it's really important to, to know that the majority of small businesses that are being launched today are being launched by what we would consider targeted minorities, mostly immigrants. There is a disconnect between the disability awareness information and products that we put out and these businesses. As many of you know, I ran a, um, well, the World Institute on Disability ran a project called Proyecto Vision, where we attempted to get folks who are Latino jobs. And I thought, well, one of the first places I'll try to get some help would be the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I have to say that my own people were some of the most resistant people to hiring folks with disabilities. And we have to acknowledge that. It's something that I was personally disappointed in, but we have to do something about it. Given that there are so many minority businesses um, that are being started and that currently exist, we need to go about the education and kind of the capacity building of these businesses in a way that's going to work for them. So this grant is coming out, it's going to hit the street, or SGA, I think it's called the Solicitation for Grant Activity, will hit the streets in a month or so. It's getting through OMB, which is really the big hurdle. Um, and there will be up to four different grants. And the goal is to develop a consortia of different groups. And I think it would be fabulous if ACB could collaborate with other groups and go after this money. Because part of the problem with government is that we tend to do, and I've only been in government a year, but um, they tend to do things the same way so they get the same results. In ODEP at this time, we are being encouraged to do things a little differently and hopefully get different results. ODEP is also working to make sure there is meaningful choice for people to choose community-based employment and to get the capacity built in the system to help make this happen. We recognize the need to align funding and policy at the state level, and as a very first step to building capacity for best practices, we are working through the Committee for Purchase with NIB to pull together everything that is known about what we're calling quality work environment for community rehab providers. This quality work environment initiative is ultimately intended to increase choice, career advancement opportunities, and wages for folks served by providers who use the commensurate wage certificate program authorized under Section 14C of the Fair Labor Standards Act. Now, 
I did not say eliminate 14C. What I said, just for the record, is that we are finding that very often young people get tracked as a first option into 14C jobs, many of whom are capable of more advanced employment. We are finding this more and more, um, that there are best practices out there that really show if people have other choices, very often they find ways to work where they can earn prevailing wage or at least minimum wage. So we're working with the Committee for Purchase to look at how some community rehab providers have actually changed their programs to provide people with more opportunity. The tremendous advance of technology, both in the workplace and in our homes, has become, in many ways, the great equalizer and, in other ways, the great unequalizer for folks with disabilities who are job seekers or who um, wish to move ahead in their professions. We're very aware, just so you know, that the government has a long way to go and is often, in some agencies, is even a disincentive to people working in the government because of the lack of access and technology. Just know that ODEP is aware of it. We're making changes in our department so that things are accessible. Believe me, I have to remind colleagues almost every week when I go to a management meeting that they have to make their information accessible. Fortunately, the Deputy Secretary has taken on this task, so I'm no longer the ogre. But um, ODEP is working with a number of companies to develop a federal strategy for access, along with GSA and a number of other agencies, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Education, because we feel like we're, we're kind of sliding backwards. And we, we want to include the Web 3.0 and whatever is the latest in technology. Um, we're working with manufacturers. We're working with developers. We're working with uh, all the major companies, Microsoft, IBM, to really pull together a strategy so that accessibility is not an afterthought. We've been an afterthought for too long, and we want to be part of, of the development so that it is not an afterthought and we can kind of move on with our lives like everybody else. Open government is about changing expectations of government and changing expectations within government. And this includes making the federal government a model employer for folks with disabilities. On April 26, 2010, ODEP and the Office of Personnel Management co-sponsored the first of its kind federal government-wide hiring event for folks with disabilities. More than 5,000 people submitted resumes to apply to attend the invitation-only event. To participate, job seekers had to meet the criteria for Schedule A, which is our hiring authority, or appointing authority for, what is it, 30% or more uh, if you are a disabled vet. The event was not a traditional job fair because we know that job fairs in the past are just a, primarily a big waste of trees, just handing out inaccessible paper and receiving inaccessible paper. So we didn't want to do that. We called it a job expo or extravaganza, and basically 
your resume was passed over to OPM and they screened it and interviews were conducted and job offers were extended on site. 35 agencies were represented at the event and conducted 342 interviews. Another 104 interviews were conducted by phone and as of July 1st, we've got close to 100 offers. Now, we realize that that is not very many offers. So we have to learn from this experience. I think it was better than the job fairs where there were actually no offers, but it wasn't what we had thought. It wasn't what we had hoped for. What we did end up with is a great list of really qualified people with disabilities. So we're working with OPM to do this job expo on a regional level. We think that it probably will be more effective because not everybody wants to move to D.C. and many jobs are not in D.C. So expect to hear, I think actually in New Mexico, they just did one last week. They did a similar to what we did on April 26th. But we know that the traditional job fair just doesn't work for folks with disabilities. And it's almost a disincentive now because people don't come. So we know that we have to make changes and um, we want to use the Schedule A hiring authority more than we have in the past. So if you have ideas and if you have resumes, please let me know. I know there's a lot of people out there looking for work and I know that while ODEP is not necessarily a pipeline, we want to get people to the right pipeline. We want to get people on this list that OPM is developing, and we're serious about increasing the numbers of people with disabilities in the federal government. Another initiative we have, we held a groundbreaking meeting in Hollywood regarding the participation of people with disabilities in all aspects of the entertainment industry. both in front of and behind the camera. The Department of Labor and the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Foundation brought together network executives, unions, performers, writers, directors, agents, and a lot of other different folks, showrunners, I never even knew that word, that are involved in the TV and film world for this event. The goal was to tackle the negative media images, stereotypes, and myths that keep people with disabilities from being employed in all aspects of the job world. Of course, we're looking to increase people's employment in entertainment, but this change of image will pave the way for positive reactions from the general public to impact all employment at all levels. So we're, we're very thrilled about that because Again, we're really trying to change the way we do business in ODEP and tackle the things that we know impact our low employment rate. And certainly, our image in the media is one thing that needs improvement. Another thing we're doing is something called the Campaign for Disability Employment. In 2008, ODEP brought together a wonderfully diverse group of organizations and I don't need to list them all. Um, but the goal was, again, to debunk negative images 
and use positive images of people with disabilities at work. The campaign demystifies disability and shows that people with a really wide variety of disabilities can and do contribute to the bottom line in private and public sectors and businesses. You can view their terrific PSA, or our terrific PSA, on um, the website www.whatcanyoudocampaign.org. You can also download it and show it. Whenever you're doing any kind of conferences, there, there are two PSAs, they're each a minute. They're all audio described, they're all captioned, and we even have them in Spanish. Please, please use them. It's taxpayers' dollars. Definitely use them. A couple of new directions we're going in at ODEP that I'd like to be able to collaborate with all the blind organizations around is in the area of aging in the workforce or the mature worker or aging in place or whatever people are calling it. We know that every day 10,000 people are turning 65. And this is going to happen for the next 20 years. So we'll find ourselves with a, a workforce that will have older people in it. I know some of you aren't aging, but some of us are. But there are so many correlations between what we're doing and what the aging baby boomers are needing now and not admitting it. And will need in the next 10 years. What we do now will have so much impact on the inclusive workforce in the next 10 years. Folks who are losing their vision, or their vision is ebbing, I won't say, or losing their hearing, are not quite ready to admit it. So if you're like my aunt that I just talked to in New Mexico, she says things like, I'm not blind, I just can't see anything. <laughs> or, or, you know, I, I'll, I don't have a disability. So I think we're going to have to start looking at how we include this population in our work, how they are a part of us. See the AARP as an allied group. I know that we have tried to work with them before, and they have been resistant. But they are aging too, and they are, you know, having low vision issues and hearing issues and hip replacements. Just look at the airport as an example. When we get off the plane about five years ago, there was probably one wheelchair every third or fourth trip, or maybe two. Now, sometimes when I get off airplanes to walk up the jetway, there's like eight or nine wheelchairs lined up ready to pick folks up. This trend is only increasing. It is a tsunami of aging folks that don't want to admit they're aging and really don't want to do things in a different way than they've always done them. So that means that technology is going to have to be the bridge between what they can do now and what they'll be able to do in the future. So ODEP, through its Technical Assistance Center at Rutgers, is going to start looking at maturing workforce and how we at ODEP and really the disability can impact some of the choices that people make in technology. 
getting the technology companies to work with us because they see, even though they didn't want to, that not all technology users are 22 right-handed, white, and male. So, <laughs> and so um, we're very proud of this direction that we're going in. We feel like it's the right choice because we know that we'll be impacting so many people if we help direct policy toward a more inclusive workplace, which will certainly include accessible technology. Mitch mentioned in his speech about attracting youth. ODEP feels very strongly about the fact that if we don't have good transition programs, we're not going to have qualified people with disabilities in the workforce for much longer. So in addition, addition to dealing with the old guys, um, we want to deal with the young guys too. And so we have a, a technical assistance center which focuses specifically on youth and transition issues. And one of the things that we're working on is the development of a curriculum on soft skills. The soft skills that employers demand in the 21st century workplace are kind of critical to have a decent job. So with input from employers, ODEP contracted for the development of this youth development-oriented, disability-inclusive and accessible soft skills curriculum. And what makes this curriculum different from other soft skills trainings is that it's geared toward youth with and without disabilities because they'll be working side by side in their careers. And this summer, the curriculum is being tested across the country with youth enrolled in a variety of programs coming from different walks of life. So based on their feedback, the materials will be updated and shared with the field. And we feel, you know, we're a policy shop and we're, you know, we have a budget of a whopping $39 million. So, but we feel like sometimes we have to step out of that boundary just a tiny bit to pilot something that we think um, is really critical to changing these abysmal unemployment um, statistics for people with disabilities. So I have to say I'm very proud to be working with ODEP. Please call on us. Please collaborate with us. Please partner with us. We're here for you, really. We mean that, and we intend to continue to, to reach out to you and to really listen to what you say and to take your advice. So please stay in touch with us and um, keep on doing the great work you're doing. Thank you very much. That was Kathy Martinez, Assistant Secretary of Labor for Disability Employment, as recorded at the annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind, Phoenix, Arizona, July 2010. Join ACB Reports next month for a presentation from the Mid-Year Affiliate President's Meeting and ACB Legislative Seminar. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on Radio Information Services Nationwide on Side 4 of the Braille Forum Cassette Edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. 
Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.